You are listening to the Theonauts Podcast, episode 84. The one where David tells me to go look at the stars and I go blind from staring at the sun. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theostronomers out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the The Theonauts. Why do you have a uh, printed out picture of an Atari on your record collection? (laughs) It's it's actually a a template that I can cut out to put in my phone case. Oh, really? Yeah. So like my phone case has like you can put printouts or whatever in the back. Interesting. I always come up here and I find new and... Yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, I see. I always come up here and I find new and more interesting things in David's office. Yes, I have also here one of my latest acquisitions from Half Price Books and Records. Oh, yeah? The original soundtrack of Chess. (laughs) What is that? 50 Cents. (laughs) You've never heard of Chess? Is that a band? No, it's a concept album like... It's like a Broadway thing that never really was on Broadway. <laughs> but it's a, it, it tells a story. Like, you read the liner notes, it tells you the story. And it's got the script and everything in here. <laughs> that is awesome. But what it, it's by Tim Rice, <laughs> you know, the dude that did... Um, I have no clue. He did all the early... I say early. All the early 90s... Um, music to the Disney movies oh, like really? Little Mermaid oh, and wow. Beauty and the that. Beast and all those. Oh. Well, uh, anyway, he wrote it and it's performed by, this is, it's really weird, it's performed by a Euro pop band called... Um, <laughs> of course you would have this in your office. <laughs> Hang on a second. You'll, you'll know part of this. Um, Murrayhead. Is Murrayhead. Murrayhead. And so there's one song from that album that actually hit it big on the radio. Oh, really? It's called One Night in Bangkok. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, you know that song? Yes. Yeah, it's from that. (laughs) The whole album is like this mix of classical uh, slash Broadway music. Oh, my goodness. And 80s synth pop. (laughs) So It's really kind of weird. Yeah, you learn something new every day. So that's off of a (laughs) crazy album called... Chess. Chess, yes. All right. 50 cents at half price books and records. One night and and It's in great shape, too. No scratches on it. That's amazing. So. That's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, how you doing, David? Good, man. Yeah. Uh, we survived our difficult episode last week. We did. Yeah. I, I thought it went good personally. Yeah, and I think we came out, uh, you know, came out on top because I... It, we didn't. Uh, we didn't fight. No, yeah, it was great. Well, and uh, it's always good when you can have theological debates and not really get spun up, punch you know. anybody in the face like, uh, like Santa yeah. Claus. So. You don't. You don't it, right. I've heard stories. <laughs> I've heard stories of guys bringing their revolver to church, <laughs> setting it on, <laughs> setting it on the communion table. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Deny the deity of Christ. Yeah. Anyone dare to disagree with me today? 
course, that was in Texas. So. Of course it was. <laughs> of course it was in Texas. Oh, man. Texas. Who's uh, right now building the second largest uh, cross in the in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in Corpus Christi. Of course. Yeah, of course. The second largest cross. Yeah. <laughs> wow. For an extra large Jesus. So, yeah. anyways. <laughs> so, how's your week? Good, man. It, you know, uh, I'm doing... Okay, so I'm... I'm on this diet trying oh, to lose that's right. weight. Yeah. Right? And, uh, Fill us in on this thing. So today we had a half day at school, and uh, it was Valentine's parties, and everybody was going around oh, and yeah. giving Valentine's and stuff. So I'm sitting at my desk, and kid after kid comes by, and they're like, You want some candy, Mr. Orange? You some candy, man. Have, like, Have some chocolate. That is so nice of you, but if, if I don't... <laughs> Like die right now! Oh my goodness, it was so hard. But uh, I survived it. I pushed through. I'm on week two, and uh, and I'm down like 15 pounds or something like that. So oh, awesome! Yeah. yeah. So That's oh, fun. I know one good cool bit of news. Yeah, my daughter and son-in-law are yeah. on their way to, to to their court date in Ethiopia. Praise the Lord! Praise yes, the Lord! Yes. So I've got a little Ethiopian grandson over there. That's right. Just waiting to be held by them. That's right. And so. This they're gone. They're going to be gone until this time next week, and so that means my wife and I have Jesse, yes, my grandson, for That's the whole so week. Awesome. So yeah, he's going to probably run us pretty ragged. I bet he is. So it'll be neat though. It'll be fun. <laughs> it's been a fun long time. time since I was responsible for a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> I don't know. It, you know, they say it's like riding a bike. Uh huh. But you know, I really think that God made it. So that twenty and thirty year olds raise two year olds, right? You know? Because <laughs> they can stay up all night, and handle right? Them. Yeah, that's just the kind of the way the natural progression of things. Sure. So sure. Well, that's great. But, that's great. Yeah, you need to give Kevin some responsibility then. Oh man, let him just do it. <laughs> Don't tell him what would happen. <laughs> that's great. So, all right, we ready to get yeah, going? Let's jump into it, man. All right. Alrighty, so book number three of our star Jesus in the Star series, our galactic uh, conclusion, our yes, our <laughs> Encyclopedia Galactica. Yes, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so guys, if you have not heard parts one and two, uh, just put the pause on right now. Go ahead and stop this episode. Go back, catch up because. It'll make a lot more sense, and it'll mean a lot more because this is the end of the story, right? And uh, so, what we briefly talked about is because obviously the people who are still listening, sure, are the ones who have heard the right. two episodes. So to catch you catch you up, we've got the story and the stars going on. We're following the what we commonly call the zodiac. The Jews called it the Matzeroth, right? And we believe that God placed these signs in the heavens to tell the greatest story I ever told. Right. The story of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, his sacrifice for us, his atonement for us, his uh, his death on the cross and our redemption. Yeah. And about, it tells our story about our re- redeeming, um, uh, being redeemed and what we were being redeemed from. And the battle between 
good, uh, and good and evil and and Satan defeated. It's all over the stars, right? And, uh, and how amazing <laughs> is it that you know this is, by the way, the story. This is the story of everything, and so. How amazing is it that it's played out, and I, I see it played out in all art forms uh, with our yes. Finding Christ in Cinema guys. They can read into any of the movies, even secular or non-Christian people produce, yeah. and and see uh, a Christian theme in it. You, you can go all throughout the universe and find... Uh, the story of Christ written on everything, mm-hmm. and how awesome is it that that God, uh, before history, yes, <laughs> we have recorded history, wrote his story in the stars, and so yeah, we're on part three of that, which is pretty awesome. And uh, I, w- I would like to read a little bit of feedback we got from uh, from Philip, our patron saint at the, sure, at the GCT ahead. Network. He actually uh, sent us a Facebook message about. Uh, Number two about the the, right. the Jesus and Stars Part Two, and uh, so I'm going to read that message right quick. He says uh, that was the most Battlestar Galactica Clash of the Titans <laughs> Batman heavy episode yet. Thank you. <laughs> nice, nice one, man. Yeah, uh, good old Philip. He uh, he uh, can read into the uh, pop culture. <laughs> Oh yeah, well yeah, you know we're, we're so all weird. geeks and everything. <laughs> oh, well, no, 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 and no. it's also like you said. Oh yeah, this story is retold over and over and over again. Right. Well, guess what? It's told in sure. even using same the same names and the same words because <laughs> right. obviously his references to Battlestar Galactica. Right. We talked about Capricorn. We talked about Cassiopeia. <laughs> yeah, these are uh, at least in the original Battlestar the Galactica. Ships, right. Uh, well, Cassiopeia was a character. Oh, a character. in in the original series oh, and in wow. the. And uh, the planets were all named Sag- uh, Sagittarion, Caprica. You know, uh, they're all named after okay, these okay. signs. Wow! And uh, I'm not about there's twelve Star-Kin colonies, uh, and twelve e- tribes, and huh? each one of them represents one of the twelve signs. And whoa! Whoa! Yeah. yeah. And then, really? Yeah. And uh, so, of course, you know, the original Battlestar Galactica concept was that. They that was the seed race that came to Earth or whatever right. and planted people here, right? And that's why it has all those references because we saw them as gods, sure. et, cetera, et cetera. Apollo is a character in huh. both, you know, both the new and the old wow. Battlestar Galacticus. I didn't know that. So anyway, uh, and then he said Clash of the Titans. Yeah, Perseus. Perseus. We told the whole Perseus story, right? And. Uh, and then the Batman had to think on that one just a second. Ra's al Ghul. But yeah, we, one of the stars was Al Ghul. <laughs> Ra's al Ghul. And, That's great, uh, man. So we're going to be doing a lot of the same thing this time. Sure. Uh, we've got some some other uh, things that I'm sure we'll pull out some references. So uh, we've divided the twelve signs up into different what we call what we're calling them books since right. this is telling a story. So it's like <laughs> volumes of books. And so the third. Uh, set uh, it's the last are we on four yeah last four signs right of the zodiac slash Matsaroth. uh in we're calling this book the return um and it's about the glory of uh the second coming right and uh so this is the correlation of uh the book of revelations right yeah and it doesn't necessarily matter if you are uh in times futurist or preterist or whatever. <laughs> 
The yeah. story still tells the story, whether it's Jesus, Jesus is coming still coming back. That's the point. Yeah, or so. whether or not he he came he in came back, seventy or whatever. It 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 <laughs> the story's still the same. We're the redeemed, right? And uh, and he and his second coming is a glorious thing. Amen. And <clears throat> so, uh, but it's really also about us being glorified, um, which I think is really cool. Um, it's about victory, and it's about. Um, it's it's about Jesus Himself and yeah and the glory of all that. Um, so uh, let's kick this off. I'm going to be reading out of, the, out of the good old King's English. Sweet. This uh, 1611 version. Not quite the 1611 version. Okay. But uh, pretty close. Okay. All right. The authorized version. At least the authorized. Yeah. So yeah. That's all that matters. Right? So. <laughs> all right. Second Thessalonians, first chapter, verses seven through ten. It says, and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Yeah. All right. So the first sign we're going to talk about is Taurus. Ah, the bull. The bull. And so, <laughs> you know, just another recap also about these about what these signs represent. Um, you know, this constellation, Taurus... Is shaped like a a V or a Y, you know. In it's like a, um, I guess it's like a Y, you know, up in the stars, right? Um, and I guess that could look like horns. <laughs> but, so that's why they call it the bull. Huh? But the point, but the point uh, that's is not why they call it the bull, right? The the point is these things just got named to fit the story, right? That it wasn't like the astronomers always tell you at the planetarium. Uh, years ago, early man looked up in the sky and saw a, bull. saw a bull in the sky. Well, no, I don't think that's quite true. I think that <laughs> I th- because some of these are just too weird. I mean, you look up in the sky and you look at the Y shape and do you think, oh, that's a bull? Right. There's no way. And everybody across the planet <laughs> pretty much knows that that constellation is a bull. Well, yeah, every culture has a Taurus. Right, right. Which is crazy. So, and And add on top of that, Who's to say what stars go with what stars? I mean, you could easily take right. two or three stars from this constellation and the one next to it and make up your make own your constellation. own constellation. So yes, wow. so it's not quite as cut and dry as these, as sure. uh, your science teacher might have told you. And that's such a proof <clears throat> for the story that we have. Yes, which is great. Okay, okay. So Taurus is uh, the bull. Uh, it's a symbol of a rushing bull with horns set against his enemies. Uh, this sign is Hebrew. Um, it, in Hebrew, is called Shur S H U R, and it means coming and ruling. Oh, wow! So the ox is one of the four major creatures symbolizing Jesus in Scripture. Um, if you think about that, it, 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 these there, there are four major Christology symbols, right? That get that are repeated through the Old Testament and into the New Testament, and that that's the image of a man, an eagle, a lion, and a bull. an ox or an ox. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is 
complements that. Right. And uh, so, and if you want more about that, we need to do an episode on that. That's just a, I don't know if you've ever done that study about the bestiary, the bestiary of, uh, See, of, of Christ. It's and I've always cool. thought, yeah, I've always thought they represented the four gospels. Well, they do, but the, but each one of what are the gospels about. Right. So like you have Matthew is, uh, is a symbol of the lion. It's about Judah. It's right. about the Jewish Messiah coming to, to sit on the throne, the king, the lion, and who's Jesus? He's the He's king. king. He's the yeah. lion. And then you got Mark is the the story of the servant. That's the ox, the one that pulls and that's that's serving in a yoke. And so all of huh. Mark is about Jesus being a servant. Right. And Luke is a. Is he's a doctor, right? And he's talking about the humanity of Christ. His he leans toward the human yeah. side of Christ, so that's the man symbol. Yeah. And of course, John, different than all the others, is um, talking about deity of Jesus. He's God, and a, glo- a universal symbol of deity is the eagle. Right. So each one of these symbols that can be found circling the throne in the faces of of cherubim in the Creatures of the Revelation that are around the throne, uh, it just they're all over the place. So it's right. it's just a really cool study, huh. and this is part of it. So you have the symbol of the ox or right. or a bull, and uh, and it does um, it is the portrayal of service and ruling and coming to rule. Mm-hmm. Um, in Deuteronomy thirty three verse seventeen, it says, "His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns." Are like the horns of unicorns. With them, he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands Ephraim, and they are the t- are the thousands of Manasseh. Uh, so here, you, the symbol of horns, right? In on on the the, the Messiah, uh, there is uh, only one star that I'm going to mention here in the, in the heart of of uh, Taurus. Called Aldebaran, and it means leader or governor. Aldebaran, leader or governor. So you have the one who are the coming judge, ruler, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have leader, governor, right? So this is obviously you know the representation of Christ coming. Yep, as as a leader. Wow. Okay, so in the house of Taurus, so like we've mentioned before. A sign is not just a constellation; it's a it's an assembly of constellations. Right. Uh, so the, the um, so there are four um, there are four si- uh, uh, signs or constellations inside the sign inside the house of Taurus. Right. And the first one we're going to mention is um, Orion. Um, so okay. But by the way. We're also labeling these ch- chapters. So right. this sign, the chapter name for this sign, we're going to call the Coming Judge. Orion. Okay. So Orion. Orion is uh, one of the most recognizable constellations in the night sky. Right. I mean, even very amateur astronomers. I mean, the most. I saw it last night yes, when we were walking you, home. Yeah, you can look out. Like, right so there. It's this is the time of year, uh, the winter time here in Texas. It's and Clear the winter sky night. is so clear anyway <laughs> yeah. that yeah you can see Orion like really bright. Uh, Orion means the coming prince. Um, wow, are you kidding me? See, it, I it, never knew that. Technically, it means coming forth as light. Coming forth as light. Well, yes. I mean that's 
Wow. Um, the, the symbol of Orion is a hunter, right? He's a man um, who is holding a pelt in one hand uh-huh. and a club in the other. Uh, and it, it's a lion pelt. Um, and so he is a representation of, um, of this great hunter. Um, now, there are some very notable stars and a nebula inside this constellation. Right. Now, the nebula is one of the few nebulas that is so bright, you can really see it with the naked eye if you have good enough vision. <laughs> it looks like a little blurry you know, spot in the right. sky. Uh, but if you have parabinoculars, you have telescope. If you look in the in the scabbard, uh, coming off of the belt uh-huh. of Orion, uh, right in the middle of it is the Orion Nebula. Uh, it's one of the easiest uh, deep space objects that you can find in the sky to look at. Wow. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, there's also some very bright stars in it. And these stars are going to have names that you probably will recognize too. Sure. <laughs> so... On the upper left shoulder of Orion is a really bright red star called Betelgeuse. <laughs> or Betelgeuse. Or Betelgeuse. Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse. If you yeah. prefer. <laughs> uh, Betelgeuse means coming branch. So you huh. see, once again, we have this recurring theme of the branch. Right. It keeps showing up. It showed up in all three of these stories that we've told. Um, this time he's coming for a different reason. So before he was the coming branch when it was the virgin birth. Right. In Virgo, you have this symbol of the branch that is to come. Now you have this, this coming branch in the form of a hunter that that is coming to, to hunt. And, uh, there is another star on the right shoulder called Bellatrix. So for you Harry Potter fans. Yeah. Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> wow. Um, Bellatrix means swiftly destroying. Now that's a fitting name for her. Mm-hmm. Swiftly oh, destroying. Oh, I'm sure that uh, oh, you, yeah. that uh, J.K. Rowling did her research, her research on these names and stuff. But so, um, so you have the coming branch, swiftly destroying. Okay. And then, of course, in the bottom right... Uh, knee of um, Orion, which is the bottom corner, is the, one of the brightest stars uh, in the constellation, is Regal. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Regal, uh, the name implies that it is royalty. Royalty, yeah. Uh, but the actual meaning of the word um, is the crushing foot. So it's on his right leg. And he's crushing. It's the crushing foot. So what is he crushing, obviously? Yeah, Satan's head. Exactly. Always. And, we've, and we saw that in the last book for sure. Right. The battle, we, or the first book. We saw this, this, this battle constantly happening. We see the, the symbol of, um, uh, what is it, Aphinicus standing on top of Scorpio, uh, crushing the head. The head, yeah. We have, you know, uh, what it was it... Um, Orpheus that was standing on uh, the the dragon's head. The anyway, yeah, I can't remember. Got, I'd have to go back and listen. Yeah, you've got this constant it's over and over and over that goes symbol. all the yeah. way back to Genesis three wow. about I will uh, <laughs> that you will you will bruise his heel and he will crush, crush your, your head. head. Yep. So the crushing foot 
And then uh, if we read in Isaiah 60, there's a good verse here for, for this, uh, first three verses. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to thy brightness of thy rising. Wow. So we have all these symbols in the constellation here in this prophecy by Isaiah. Um, if we take a, a just a one quick thing about Orion before we leave this particular one is we talked about the Orion Nebula, and this is one of those things that this isn't in the Witness of the Stars book. Oh yeah, because at the time of the writing, you couldn't get a really zoomed in close. Uh, high-definition picture of the Orion Nebula. You can now. And so uh, if you use a high-power telescope and you take a photo with the shutter open and so you can absorb as much light as possible and get this really beautiful, glaring red, you know, mass of of whatever nebula is (laughs) in the space, um, if you look at it just right... You can make out two forms, a dragon breathing fire out of his mouth and a warrior coming at him. Wow. It's really kind of cool. So, uh, <laughs> and you can probably find people like memes of that where people have like drawn around it to show you where this, where, where it is. Really? But it, and, and people, the people who noticed that weren't Christian. I mean, this is not a, it's like, Hey, look, the Orion Nebula looks like a right. knight battling a dragon. Isn't that cool? Wow. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, know. and that's exactly what he's going to do in Revelations. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so also in the house of Taurus, we have um, our next sign, or our next uh, constellation of Iridanus. Iridanus is a weird constellation because it's a river. And so um, it's like, okay, you got all these... These these <laughs> characters in the sky, right? Now you got a river, okay? Right. But um, and it's commonly referred to as the River of Wrath. Oh wow! And the river flows from the foot of Orion, in from the star Regal. So, the crushing foot is producing this River of Wrath. Wow. Um, <clears throat> some cultures actually called it the River of Fire and Judgment. Huh. Um, so, uh, there, there is also at the other end of the river, there is a, um, a star called, uh, Akernar. It's kind of strange. Akernar. Ar, ar, ak, ak, akernar. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it means the river's mouth. Okay. So the, these, these, all these things kind of fit together. Right. And Daniel nine verses nine through 10, obviously a prophetic, uh, passage yeah. says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. Mm. The judgment was set. And the books were opened. Yeah. 
Okay, so you see these repetitive things from right. Revelation into well, is it we were talking about the other night? Uh, you were listening to some Chuck Missler. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 and, definitely. Yeah, he, he says that. Um, what is it that basically Revelation? There, there's a correlating passage in all of Revelation with the Old Testament. Basically, yeah, yeah. it's like treasure hunting. Like if you don't know what the symbols are, go to the Old Testament and find them. That right. they're, they're there. Yeah, it's very interesting. He's got a very dogmatic opinion about yeah. <laughs> about how revelations interpreted but anyway uh but anyway that that's um that's uh the the river Eridinus. and the last uh constellation in the house of Taurus is Auriga and Auriga is the shepherd so this is a the symbol of a shepherd in the sky uh, it is sometimes confused. Um, Auriga is from the Hebrew root word meaning shepherd, but the Latin meaning of the same word means charioteer. Thus, it is sometimes drawn as a chariot racer. Right. So, more newer interpretations see it as a chariot racer, chariot racer. which doesn't actually break the story at all, given the verse we just read. Right. <laughs> He's coming, right? Right. Um, but... It's also really powerful as a shepherd because what we're seeing here is characters, characteristics of Christ in this ruler that's coming. Yeah. And um, wow. And so we see this happening. Uh, if we look at the names of the stars that they that correlate with the shepherd motif, uh, Minkilnan is one of the stars in this. It means goat leash. <laughs> Uh, goat leash. Okay, I'm interested to find out how you're gonna <laughs> fit he, that in there. He's a shepherd. He's a shepherd. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, goat. Le- I get you. So, and ca- a capella is another star, which means the she goat. Okay. So you have the shepherd motif. Right. Going okay, on. I get you. Isaiah forty ten through eleven says, "Behold, the Lord will come with strong hand, and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him, and His work before Him." He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. There you go. Shepherd leading a goat. Yeah. Right? And or so a sheep. Yeah, you see these these scriptures that are obviously talking about I mean, that's a perfect representation of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And so th- these scriptures are referring uh to eschatology. Right. Uh, and you have this reference to the shepherd in that in that uh, eschatology in, right. the, in that prophecy. Uh, so we didn't have to go to Jesus saying, "I'm the good shepherd." It was prophesied, right? Prior. And so, and this so this was put into the into the skies. Wow. Okay, so the next chapter, the next sign that we're going to talk about is Gemini. Okay, and we're going to call this the rain, like as in raining on the throne. Sitting on the throne. Right. Um, twins, right? Gemini, yes, the twins. So can you venture a guess as to how twins fit into a symbol of Christ? Dual nature of Christ? <laughs> yes. Fully God and fully man? Fully God, fully man. So we have twins being a metaphor for this dual nature. Awesome. Um the twins' names are actually captured in the stars themselves. Okay. One of them is Pollux, and the other is Castor. 
which are the equivalent in Greek to Apollo and Hercules. So um, Apollo was God. Hercules was the God man. <laughs> Whoa, no way. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yes. So, <laughs> so these symbols arose wow. before in the first book that we talked about of the Matzroth in Scorpio, in the conflict. In the in those symbols, these two were warring against the enemy. Now they are sitting at peace, reigning together in victory. So there's no there's no battle happening in this const in this sign in this constellation. Right. Is it is uh the the two natures together there. Um and of course there is another star right in between them named Propus, which means the spreading branch. <laughs> wow. So again, keeps carrying the same branch sure. motif. Jeremiah thirty three, uh fourteen to fifteen. Wow. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Oh my goodness, I have goosebumps. I mean, that's so, it's so direct. Like there's no... There's no second guessing what that means. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 right out there. Right. That's awesome. Like, if you know any of these stories that have been told and passed down from generation to generation for centuries, for millennia, uh, th- about these names that we're reading in the stars, then you know how to equate them. You know how to right to how their meanings come together. Wow. Um, now, here's an interesting thing. It's just a side note about Gemini uh, and about the, the other constellations that we're going to look at. The names of the three constellations of this sign, as well as the pictures, are all more or less modern. So there's been a lot of changes over the years okay. to this particular house. Um, as it is manifest from the names being in Latin and having no relation to the ancient names of their stars. To learn their real meaning, therefore, we must have recourse to the ancient zodiacs, to the ancient... Okay, so in the research that Bullinger and others have done, um, a lot of the modern uh, interpretations of the star names and these constellations is being uh, set aside because they differ from the ancient understanding and ancient names, and we're relying more on the ancient... On the ancient Names. I can understand that, yeah. Because uh, of the of the original intent. Um, so the first one in Gemini is um, is Lepus. Uh, <laughs> the hair. Lepus is the hair. <laughs> now in Persian history, uh, this was a serpent. Huh. Um, in Egypt, it was an unclean bird on a serpent. Um, it's a small constellation. And it rests under the foot of Orion, showing it to be dominated. <laughs> okay. Okay. So whether it's a sure. it's a, a a mad hare or a serpent or a, a bird being dominated, it doesn't matter. It's right. a creature that is being, be, that is being subdued. And uh, if we look at the star names, the ancient star names, 
inside the constellation. One of them is Nihal, which means mad. <laughs> and one of and the other star is Arnebo, which means the enemy. So <laughs> yeah, there's no denying that. I mean, yeah. that's wow. So this is basically showing this is no longer if it is a, a rabbit, if it is a hare, a hare is not a vicious animal. Whereas all these other symbols of the enemy that we've seen in the conflict, scorpions, snakes, dragons, right. these are all vicious concepts. Right. But now the enemy has been subdued. It's a it's it's a silly rabbit. Right. <laughs> silly rabbit. That, that is underfoot. And uh <laughs> So if we look at Isaiah 63, verse 3 through 4, it says, I have trodden the wine press alone, and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in mine anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment, for the day of vengeance is in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay, the next sign in the house of Gemini, uh, remember we're talking about the reigning. Right. Uh, is uh, Canis Major. Canis Major is the large dog. Yeah, I have one of these in my uh, my car, right? <laughs> a Canis Major? No, a Sirius. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, gotcha. Okay, so Sirius. <laughs> Why so serious? Nice, nice, nice. So I had to get Batman back in there. Oh yeah. Okay. So the so Sirius. We'll go ahead and talk about Sirius. Sirius is a star, right? Inside Canis Major, um, the the word Sirius means the prince. Okay. So this is going to be another regal symbol. Um, in Persian history, it was a wolf called Zeb. In Egypt, it was a hawk called Apis. Um, and the true nature of the sign is found in the star names themselves. Uh, Sirius, the prince. Uh, Merzim, the ruler. Weizen, shining. And Adhara, meaning glorious. Wow. So shining prince, glorious, ruling. Um, once again, talking about Jesus <laughs> of as a ruler. Uh, Isaiah 9, verse 6 through 7, And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Okay, we had Sirius right there. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Wow. Okay, so the last constellation in the house of Gemini is Canis Minor. So if Canis Major was a big dog, Canis Minor is a little dog. He's a little dog. He's a little chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those dogs. They drive me nuts, man. Yapping dogs. <laughs> so in Egypt, it was a man with a hawk's head called Sebak. Um Again, the true nature of the sign is found really in the star names, and they point to redeeming prints. The two Canis signs continue the twin imagery. So right. once again, Canis we, Major, Canis yes. Minor. Yeah. So you have God and man, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. The big dog. And the little dog. And the little dog. So um, 
One of the stars in this little dog is Gomiza, which means load bearer. Hmm. And Procyon, which means redeemer. Wow. So pretty simple. Load bearer, redeemer. Yeah. And, and, and that's in the which dog? Canis Minor. It's in the little dog. Yes. So Christ the man carries right. the load and redeems us. Yes. So that's awesome. <laughs> okay. So Daniel 9, again, 26 to the first part of 27, says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. Hmm. So in reference to him being the load bearer. Right. So moving on. Chapter three, the next sign of our um, Zodiac slash Metzeroth, the, the second to the last one is Cancer. The crab. <laughs> now I'll be interested to know how the crab fits into <laughs> the narrative of Christ. But we're going to call this chapter "Holding the Redeemed." Okay. Okay. So we've we've the the first couple of chapters now have talked about Jesus sitting on the throne. It's talking about God and Jesus ruling together, and right. uh, <clears throat> and now we're going to talk about how we fit in. Awesome. Um, so, uh, the stars and the other constellations in this sign do not agree with the crab symbol. So, uh, we don't know if the crab symbol is original. Uh, it could be lost. The original symbol could be lost to us. Okay. But uh, modern m- modern understanding of it is a crab. Right. So, uh, that's just a disclaimer. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, or you could say it, uh, you know, well... They couldn't figure out a crab, so they just. <laughs> if that, okay, if, if that's where you want to go, that's fine. Yeah. But um, but the stars, we're going to look at a lot to the star names and that sort of thing to kind of give us a little a little clearer idea of what we're looking at in the sky here. So the Egyptian zodiac uses a scarab beetle for this symbol. Okay, uh, but the name they use is Claria. Claria means cattle fold, which fits into the meaning of the stars themselves. Huh. So there could be this is where it could have broken down. Okay. It could have originally been something about a catafold, but the Egyptians used a scarab because they were obsessed with scarabs. Right. And um which by the way, speaking of, of Chuck Missler, he has this really interesting thing, just a little rabbit trail here, about the scarab. Oh really? The um one of the things he he brings up in one of his studies is that you are who you worship. Like that's we should be like Christ. That's our our goal, right? right. And, and whoever you worship, that's who you're going to be like. Sure. And he talks about how the Egyptians worship the scarab. Huh. And what is the scarab? It's a beetle. It's a dung beetle. Right. Okay. It rolls up balls of poo. Right. <laughs> that's his job. Right. And. Uh, so if you go to Egypt and you look at it, okay, at the time when Egypt was worshiping the scarab, it was the greatest nation in the world. Like right. they had everything. They, I mean, they were they ruled. They ruled the world on high, yeah. and they had the these all these monoliths and all these things that they rich beyond belief. Yeah. But over the years, what have they become? If you if you look in more modern day Egypt, 
Uh, I've been there. It's it is very trashy. I mean, it's very slummy. Like Cairo really? is very slummy, and uh, <clears throat> so it's almost like they've kind of become <laughs> right what they worshipped. Wow. And uh, so anyway, just a, wow. a little side note yeah. to remind yourself to just to to focus on Christ, worship Him, so you'll be like Him. Amen. That's good. <laughs> so this is that'll a, preach. This is a sign of the redeemed finding a home with their Savior. Uh, one of the stars in the sign of Cancer is uh, Tegman, and it means holding. Uh, one of the signs, or one of the stars, is Acubens, which means shelter. So this is kind of like it fits into the cattlefold concept here, of right. being a place of refuge. Deuteronomy thirty-three verse twenty-seven: The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Okay, so if we're looking at a crab, if these symbols of reaching and holding and gathering, right, um, we're underneath the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. Huh. Okay, let's look at the at the 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 other signs that are the other constellations that make up the sign of Cancer. Okay, Ursa Minor. Okay, so Ursa Minor is the little bear. Yeah. Yeah, so um, once again, doesn't look like a bear. Uh, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's called the Little Dipper. Right, I've heard, that's what I've always yes. known as, the Little Dipper. Um, so, uh, so neither this nor Ursa Major were originally bears, okay. by the way. The original Hebrew name is Dover, which means sheepfold. The Hebrew word for bear is dof, and this is where the confusion was probably came in. Right. Dove versus dove. One of them means bear. One, one of them, them means sheep. Fold. Fold. Yeah. Which. Uh, okay. So it's yeah. Okay. So uh, one of the one of the 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 stars in uh, Ursa Minor is the North Star, Polaris. Right. It's in the very tip of it. It's called the turning point is what it means, which is very intriguing because it's the North Star for a reason. Um, and this is just astrology one-on-one, one-on-one. Um, when you look out the night sky, it looks like, if you lay there on your back long enough and you watch, it looks like the stars are moving. It's really us that are spinning. but right. And they're spinning too, but what we're seeing is our movement. We're seeing the Earth rotate. rotate. So um, the stars appear to rotate around the uh, stratosphere. Right. Uh, well, it is. It, the, these stars will rotate around one star. There's one star that does not move in the night sky, and that is the North Star. The North Star, and and it's due north, and that's Polaris, and the name means the turning point. Right. So it's the point that all the others everything else turns appears to spin around. Right. Based on on our place in space, which makes it good for navigation. Right. So if you know your your sky and you find that star, you know which direction you're going. Right. Okay, so um another another star in this constellation is Kokhab, which means waiting on him. Um uh, huh. Al Ferdadane, which means the calves, or like baby cows, right, calves. Right, right, right. 
So, um, so you have this concept being carried over of a sheepfold or a, or a fold of cattle. Um, of course, John 10, verse 14 through 15, we're going to come back to the one we mentioned before. I sure. am the good shepherd and, and, and know my sheep and am known of mine as the Father knoweth me, even so... Uh, even or even so know I the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. Mm. Amen. Okay, Ursa Major. Yeah, the great bear. The big dipper. Um, <laughs> is the large bear. Uh, if Ursa Minor was the small flock, then Ursa Major is the large flock. These two flocks may represent Israel and the church. Speculation. But the fact that there are two folds that makes sense. So, um, so wow. if, if we, but whatever the representation, they are re- both representations of the fold, a sheep pen, a cattle pen, holding right and taking care of the sheep, right. And uh, and this is this is part of our rest that we receive in Christ. Amen. So let's look at the stars in the Big Dipper. Uh, Dubhe, which means a herd of animals. Merak means a flock. Feda means guarded. <laughs> awesome. And Alioth, which means she goat. Um, John fourteen verse sixteen. And my and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Mm. So two folds, two folds coming into one, one shepherd. So in this in this uh, cancer uh, house, we have two folds being mentioned, right? And the last sign in this house is another interesting one. It's Argo, the ship. Yes, Argo was a ship that Jason used in Greek mythology. Jason and the Argonauts. Yes, the Argonauts were. Got the Theonaut thing going on right there. <laughs> there you the go. The Argonauts were those riding on the Argo. Right. Um, and in the story, he conquered a great serpent and obtained the golden fleece to return triumphant with his crew. Uh, the name Argo is deri- is derivative of the actual word Ark. So we have the Ark of Noah. Wow. From the Bible. Yeah. We too will sail home one day with our heroes singing songs of triumph. Yeah. Much the way the myth- mythological Argonauts right. did. So we are Argonauts. Oh. Yes. Well, we're Theonautical we're Argonauts. The- we're Theonauts. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> awesome. Canopus is one of is one of the major stars in the constellation of Argo, and it means possession of our coming one. So, or possession of the coming one. So there's the fleece. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what does fleece come off of? Sheep. Sheep. <laughs> That's right. Golden. So we've been right. We've been made royal. We've been made, you know, priests well, and kings. We're covered by that right. fleece, right? <laughs> yeah. Amen. So First Peter three verse eighteen through twenty one. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, 
wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of good conscience toward God, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm, amen. Okay, so you have in this talking about the second coming here, and talking about us being brought by Christ unto God and ties that back to Noah and the ark. Right. I mean, basically what it's saying is Christ is our ark now. Yes. Right? We're resting in Christ who's going to take us safely. And so we're all Argonauts, right, (laughs) in Christ. And Christ is the ark, you know, the Argo. Right. So, So awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's very cool. Okay, the last sign of both this... Book and the entire Matzeroth. Woohoo! The last one. We're going to call this chapter the final victory. Awesome. And it is encompassed in no nothing less than Leo the Lion. Awesome. So what's it? What's it all about? Praise Jesus. Oh, he's 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 what it's all he, yeah, about. It's about the lion. So it is fitting that we end this this entire study. With the glory right square there where it belongs, Amen. onto our uh, Lion of Judah. Um, wow! So if we look at Leo the lion, <clears throat> obviously this is going to be a Christ symbol. Sure. Um, the lion is the kingly symbol in Scripture. Uh, the last sign comes full circle, which explains the riddle of the Sphinx. Uh, we talked about that in the very first episode. Remind me, I forget. Okay, the Sphinx is a strange Egyptian symbol. Right, it's half man, half lion, right? Yes, half woman, half lion. Oh, half woman. So um, if you you compare it to all the signs of the Zodiac, there are two symbols of the Zodiac that... Oh, that's right. ...that are blended there. The virgin and uh, the lion. Right. So the Leo. so the the idea is like if you look at hieroglyphics that show that talk about the zodiac, the Sphinx is strategically placed between the, Virgo and Leo. Right. And the assumption is that it was a bookmark. Yeah. This is where the book begins. This is where the book ends. That's the first. Yeah. That's where they divide their zodiac. Right. Account. Because it's not. If if you look at the first sign, I think it's Aries or something. I don't know. But in, Aquarius, right? In yeah. modern day, well, in if you go by the calendar, if you go by the the, the the calendar zodiac, yeah, January is Aquarius. But I think in like most other horoscope uh, readings that whatever. Aries, I think, is generally where the, huh. where it starts. Right. But we believe that the starting point is Virgo. Virgo and to it, the Leo. And, and Leo is the end. And it makes sense into the story that we're telling. Sure. So um, the sign is a lion in all ancient cultures and is pictured attacking uh, the great serpent Hydra. <laughs> Okay, so... Destroy the Hydra! Here are some of the star names. We're going to talk about four of them. Regulus means treading upon. And guess where that star is? In the foot. Under Leo's foot? Yes, in in Leo's (laughs) foot. He's treading upon. Regulus. That's awesome. Um, Algeba means the exalted. Uh, Zosma means shining out. Uh... Denimbola means judge. 
So these are all concepts that we've that we've been talking about, right? And, and it's like random ones from the story coming together into this uh, this regal symbol yeah. of the lion. Uh, Revelation five verse five, and one of the elders said unto me, "Weep not, behold." The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Wow. Okay, so jumping into the house of Leo, we have uh, the first constellation we just mentioned, Hydra. Hydra is the serpent. And Hydra means he is abhorred. Right. <laughs> this is an immense constellation below the other symbols in the house of Leo. So it's in the bottom. It's in the pit, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So let's look at a couple of the stars that are mentioned in this constellation of Hydra. Al-Minliar. Al-Minliar al-Shuja means piercing the deceiver. Uh, There is al Alfard, which means to be put away. <laughs> Revelation 20, verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Amen. So at the end of the story, that's where he ends up. That's right. Okay, so the next um, in the house of Leo is Crater. A uh, crater is the cup of wrath. So it's like a bowl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Thinking back, oh, we don't even have to really talk about this, do we? <laughs> I mean, if you are a student of the Revelation, seven bowls of wrath That's right. are being poured out, right? Um, okay. So this constellation actually shares stars with Hydra. Um, it is eternally bound to the serpent. And is pouring its contents upon it. <laughs> That's like so it's awesome. literally tipped on its side over Hydra, the snake. Um, wow. Re- Revelation 14, verse 10. The same shall drink of the wine of wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone <laughs> in the presence of the holy angels Amen. and in the presence of the Lamb. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, and it doesn't need any further explanation other than the bowls of wrath poured on, poured out on, <laughs> on, on Satan. And that's such a beautiful image. Yes. It's amazing. So yeah. cool. Okay, so the last constellation in the house of Leo is Corvus. Corvus is the raven, and the raven is perched upon the serpent and is devouring it. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Al-Gorab is one of the stars in this constellation, and it means the raven. Uh, Another star is Milkar, which means tearing apart, and Al-Chiba means to curse. So I I find it very interesting here. how these stars and symbols tell the story themselves. Like you don't even really have to say much. Right. If you know it's all right there. If you know the names. For example, uh, we said the ravens perched on the serpent devouring it. And people go, okay, how can you tell that by looking at the picture? Because of the stars and the star it. names. That's the, right. The 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 beak or the head of this raven 
The star in the head is tearing apart. That's the name of the star. Tearing apart. And it's perched on top of Hydra, the snake. So, or the, the serpent. So anyway. Wow. Re- Revelation 19, verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and <laughs> gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. <laughs> so oh, that in and of its in a nutshell is the Matsarov. So um before we before we we close completely, let's just do a really quick recap and and run through the story real quick. It's really cool. Sure. So book one started with Virgo, Jesus' birth. Then we went to Libra, man's inability to meet God's righteousness. Scorpio, the conflict of Satan and Jesus. Sagittarius, Jesus' death and resurrection. We move into book two. Capricorn, salvation of man by identifying with his sacrifice. <laughs> Aquarius, pouring out the Holy Spirit. Yes. Pisces, Pisces. the unity <laughs> of the church. Yeah. Aries, Jesus, comfort and the protection of the church. And then the final book we, we just went over is Taurus, Jesus' vengeful second coming, uh, Gemini, Jesus' glorious reign, and Cancer, the redeemed gathered unto him, and Leo, the final victory and everlasting reign of Christ the King. So the story, to end all stories, written in the stars. Yeah. I love that. I love the study. It's one of my favorite. It's so beautiful, and I, you know, it's it's just so faith affirming more mm-hmm. than anything else. This, I mean, this is something beyond us. This is a story that is real, mm-hmm. that is true, and it's so beyond us that it's actually written in the fabric of our universe. Yeah, and and so going back to um, to what's his name. Carl Sagan. Yes. You know, it, it's a waste of space. Is it really? If, if we're all there is, is it a waste of space? Not at all. I don't believe it's a waste of space at all because God made use of that space. That's right. And to think, you know, that, yes, we're small, we're insignificant in the size of the universe, but to think that God loves us so much that he gave his only son, that, that right there tells us how important we are. We're, in, we're worth Throwing a few stars up into the sky. That's right. The, and and so if you look at, <laughs> you know, thinking about God going through this process of speaking these things into existence, huge mega stars, because all the stars that we can see with our naked eye yeah. are tons bigger than our own sun. That's right. So you've got, he, he's building these vast, huge things in, in, in our universe uh, with their own gravitational forces and systems and and molecular structure and all this, they're so complex. Yeah, and it was like all to tell the story of his son. Mm. To me, that's just powerful. Yes, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Whew. All right, you got some news for us? Yeah, sure. And now the news. Well, speaking of gravitational and uh, and universal uh, themes, we'll keep going with that. Right. Scientists detect gravitational waves, confirming Einstein's prediction. 
Scientists have just confirmed one of Einstein's most important theories using the high-tech billion-dollar laser infrometer gravitational wave observatory. Wow. Exactly. The team of astronomers and researchers were able to detect actual gravitational waves for the first time ever. Einstein's theory theorized that ripples could be created in the fabric of space-time. And with the new detection technology, the researchers were able to observe one of these waves caused when two black holes more than a billion light years from Earth smashed into each other. Sure, it might sound a little confusing, <laughs> but it's a really big deal for potential learning uh, for more about the universe. Uh, this is really exciting. Uh, basically, they're you know they're confirming his theory of relativity. Yeah, relativity. yeah. It's not theory anymore. So now they're going to have to rewrite everything. Well, it can't be called a law because it can't be tested, like like his theory. But they observed it. Right, but like uh, like until we reach the speed of light, we don't know to what extent his theory is going to be. <laughs> scene right because the yeah, because I, I, the, the theory it, we we have to actually be able to to uh to test the bending of space time right and uh but if but it's getting closer it confirms that it, that it's a it's confirmation that he's on the right track and that exactly so that's really cool you know and I, I think it's 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 confirmation for creationism too oh yeah <laughs> it's a, it's a big deal so uh anyways pretty excited about that okay let's see let's go from actual scientific pursuits to stupidity i mean i'm sorry to uh, a rapper kanye west is making a video game about heaven yes <laughs> i've been waiting on this <laughs> i've been wondering when that was gonna happen yeah me too yesterday at kanye west yeezy season three fashion show listening party for his new album the life of pablo the hip star hip hop star who's pablo exactly originally he said this is gonna be a gospel album right <laughs> <laughs> that cusses a lot is what he said. A gospel and album that cusses a it lot. It was originally, I think, going to be called The Life of Jesus or something like that. Okay. He changed it to The Life of Pablo. Anyways, the hip-hop star made the surprise announcement that he was releasing a look at the video game he's been working on called Only One, like the name of his 2014 signal. The game is apparently based on his mother's 2007 death and her journey to heaven. Though there weren't too many details available... <laughs> Like the release so of the platform. You get to play Kanye's dead mother. The concept. <laughs> let me just finish. <laughs> the concept is that players help guide Dondo West to the highest gates of heaven by holding her to the light. You can. <laughs> there's a trailer for it. This has got to be a joke. I'm not even playing. <laughs> there's a trailer for it. Look at this. I'm not even playing. Wow. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> I don't even know. It's just a picture of him so and a black lady with this angel's guy is wings. lost it. <laughs> He's crazy. Wow. So, what do you have to like avoid the demons, demons or, or whatever? I don't know. Oh, look, it's riding a horse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Isn't that insane? That is strange. I don't, I don't get it, but wow. Okay, so a video game about his dead mother about going to heaven. Very interesting. Oh, oh I mean, what the what else do you say about that? I mean, that's the craziest. <laughs> that's great thing. The, okay, <clears throat> I wrote a book. Exactly. I wrote a video game. Exactly. 
Uh, all right. Um, want romance? Go to church that he finds. <laughs> this is from the Christian Post. Um, the Institute for Family Studies released a study Thursday which found that couples who attend worship services together or uh, when only the man attends the service are happier than couples in which neither partner or only the woman attends. Titled Better Together, Religious Attendance, Gender, and Relationship Quality, the study was authored by W. Bradford Wilcox, Director of National Marriage Project, University of Virginia, and Nicole Wolf uh, Inger, Professor of the Department of Family and Consumer Studies and Adjunct Professor of Scientology. No, I'm sorry, Sociology at the University of Utah. Wow, this is getting crazy. Exactly. It said 75% of... 78% 78% of men and women in couples who regularly go to services together or when only one man attends regularly report that they are very happy or extremely happy after adjusting for differences in race, age, education, marital status, region, other factors. Mm. So well, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's obvious. I mean, well, here's the bottom line, and which the the people miss if you're not a Christian is like, Marriages are good whenever you have things in common. Right. And when you have the creator of the universe in common. <laughs> Marriage really good. Yeah. So, I mean. It's the way it was meant to be. You know, and for me, it's all about purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you're focused on Christ, the petty things kind of just go away. Right. 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 Whenever you and your spouse or your wife have a purpose, a common purpose, a common mm-hmm. goal, which is to proclaim His name and to uh, to live for the kingdom, you the the petty things like you know, <clears throat> not uh, I don't know doing the dishes before I get home, that <laughs> right, kind of right. stuff fades in the background. That's yeah. not even the thing. Well, and you also, if you're dealing with people that are truly regenerated, then. Hopefully, they're loving people more than themselves. That's the goal, right, of a Christian. And so if each partner is constantly trying to out-love the other one, wow, then that's going to make a relationship better. What kind of an awesome marriage would that be? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty neat. So It's almost like God knew what he was doing. That's right. So there's a little uh, love advice for you on... uh, (laughs) Go to church. This weekend's Valentine's Day. Go to church. Isn't Valentine's Day on Sunday? Is it? I don't know. It is. 14th. <laughs> Go to church. Anyways, yeah, we don't celebrate either. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, that's one of those things that Melanie has never really <laughs> that's a good thing. been about. Christina's so. not about it either. We did it for like the kids. I'm like, we would oh, buy yeah. them like some candy, candy and sure, whatnot. Sure, sure. Those little nasty tasting hearts <laughs> that have the writing on them. <laughs> well, I think it's time for you to play that uh, oh, this beautiful one? song. Yeah. Come together. Hallelujah. The Pope is here. <laughs> Headline from the BBC Pope Francis dispatches 1,000 super confessor priests. Wow. <laughs> I thought you'd like talking about video games. That's right. <laughs> it says uh, this is from BBC Network. Oh, so, totally so Kanye's mom has to get past the the confessor, the confessor priest. Yeah, <laughs> it says Pope Francis has sent more than a thousand priests on a global mission to forgive grave sins that normally only he, a top church official, <laughs> may pardon. <laughs> 
not. I can't make this stuff up. The missionaries of mercy, nicknamed the super confessors, were given the special license for the Vatican Jubilee year, which ends in November. Grave sins include defiling consecrated bread and wine, violating confessional security, and plotting to kill a pope. Violating confessional, I'm sorry, secrecy. Violating confessional secrets. Okay, okay. What was the one about the bread and wine? Uh, Basically, uh, defiling consecrated bread and wine. So if you take the bread and wine and then spit it out or don't eat it, that's defiling. Uh, That's a huge sin, huh? Yeah, because it's actually the body, I mean, transubstantiation, homie. Uh, Oh, yeah. Body and blood of Jesus. I forgot about that. Yeah, (laughs) so anyway. But, and plotting to kill the Pope. Did you get that one? (laughs) That's one of those deadly sins, too. I wonder how they deal with, like, for example, I heard a story about a a group in Africa that did not, that could not afford, like, they were converted by missionaries, but they could not afford, like, Bread and whatever, bread and one. but they could buy snacks and stuff. So what they were doing is for communion, they were having like chips ahoy cookies that came in a little package, <laughs> cookies. And a, th- that sounds like and, amazing com- communion. And by Dr the way. Pepper, amen. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> this Sunday, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Cookies and Dr. Pepper at the way. You've heard it right No, no, here. no, no, no. You did not hear that. That is not happening. <laughs> I don't want to have to find a super confessor. <laughs> oh, man. Pope Francis has often said the church needs to be less rigid and judgmental. That's why he's sending out a thousand super confessors. I uh, wow. Again, I can't make that up. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. Also in the news about the Pope, uh, Pope Francis and Patriarch Kerwill will make Christian history tomorrow in Cuba. Um, if you don't know who Kerwill is, probably a reason. He's the head of the Russian Orthodox Church. Mm. There was a church split in 1054 between the Roman Catholics and the Russian Orthodox. We talked about that on an episode of Theonauts. That's right. They've never met together. The two have never met until today. Wow. So, yeah. So, in this day in church history, Mm -hmm. the Pope makes amends with... The Russian, hey, yeah. so come over here, Rob Russian. The future, <laughs> the future in the TARDIS. That's right. If we go into the future and look back <laughs> on the past, this day, <laughs> <laughs> this day in church history, the Pope beats one of the Archbishop. That's all I got. So, uh, all right, awesome, cool. Well, we, got, hey, we got feedback, right? Yes, we do have feedback. Excellentro. All right, we got actually a couple of of two. We didn't, you know. I was expect. I'm surprised we didn't get like a plethora of people calling in, going, right. "What? You know, um, what's the matter with you?" But but anyway, here's what we got. Hey, Theo Nuts. This is a listener. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you my name because okay, thanks, Meredith. I'm embarrassed to be that listener that calls to correct you. Oh, sorry, sorry. Lol. But I just wanted to tell David. It's not Corey Ten Bloom, it's Corey Ten Boom. <laughs> anyway, that's my little tidbit for the day. Sorry for being that listener. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> Love the latest podcast about Does God Allow Suffering? Keep up the good work. Bye. Awesome. All right. So I guess 
I'll stand corrected. Yeah, of course. You know, I I think I I actually did say Corey Ten Boom. You just misheard me. I'm <laughs> no, I'm sure that's not right. <laughs> Where's that super confessor? Whenever yeah, you need it? seriously, <laughs> whenever you need it. Well, I'm so glad that that anonymous listeners like this <laughs> like are Meredith. are. <laughs> <laughs> are you know so diligent to call in and to let us know and if you want to talk to her her number is <laughs> uh... <laughs> no this this type of stuff is good it yeah. ke- it keeps me humble that's good that's what that's what we need yeah we definitely need you humble <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we could both use a, use a I don't know what you're talking about fire. okay what's our next one <laughs> david Jeremiah, <laughs> it's your boy Brendan from the Finding Christ in Cinema podcast. Just finished up your most recent episode. Uh, why does God allow? Su- I don't know. What, I don't know what the what the keyword title was, but you know which one. Why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow evil in the world? You know, such is the question. Such and is. I appreciate uh, your guest Brian Neal. Uh, he added some good insight as. Um, the two of you did. It was a very intriguing episode. One thing that I always think of when I hear, you know, that question, where, you know, where is God when it hurts? And I personally, I think of Psalm 56, verse 8. Now, just to, let's see, if I can, if I can recall, after all, I, I am driving again on the road, so I can't go to my Bible. <laughs> Pull over. The pages to it, but it says something like, uh, you, have, you have kept track of all of my sorrows. You have put your tears, my tears, in your bottle, and you have recorded them in your book. People ask, where is God when it hurts? And the answer is, he's right there beside you. Amen. That's good. doesn't matter if he's calling it or, or not. You know, that's, that's irrelevant. In my opinion, I sometimes I'm inclined to believe that uh, to, just to go along with uh, the train track analogy, God does set stuff into motion, and we as humans we carry it out. He He tries to let the train go by itself. However, I will say that with the understanding that even before He set this train in motion, He knew that He would have to intervene. To say, I will say that, and he's he's been intervening. He has been intervening ever since the world began, most dominantly through his son Jesus Christ, and that's Amen. who we place our hope in. So, uh, we place we place that hope not out of fear, out of depression, or anything. We place that hope in the joy in the trust, in the faith, in the working out of our salvation. So just wanted to share that with you guys. Love you. Mean it. Uh, oh, look, there's a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you're okay, Brandon. Yes, we haven't heard from you since. <laughs> we would really like for you to call back it's in like, and it, let us I'm know. I'm laughing and Brendan's in the hospital somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> no, actually, oh, I man. did catch him on live. Oh yeah, doing their ET right, show right, right. yesterday, which I haven't been able to listen to because Stitcher's down. But oh, is it really? Yeah, it's been down all day. Really, I hmm. can't, I can't get to it. 
I yeah. wanted to listen to it on the way. Well, I actually haven't work. listened to the full thing yet. I came in late. Oh, yeah. And so I caught them during their well-mannered frivolity and such. Of course. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, thanks for calling in, Brendan. And please be safe listening to our show and talking to us on the radio. That's right. <laughs> we don't want to be responsible Hopefully for Hopefully any- it's a hand-free device you are using. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, the, uh, the insight was was – very good. That's right. uh, we've gotten a good number of just personal feedback, people talking yeah. to us and stuff, and it's been all over the map. <clears throat> but it has been. That's cool. The the show was kind of at least people are listening all over the map. And thank and, you for listening. Yeah, man. and and the point you made there about where is God when it hurts? He's there. Is ties in perfectly with what our anonymous caller was mentioning about Corey Tinboom, who right. said that. In the deepest pit of those concentration camps is where God was. Yes. Uh, so he was he was there. That's right. Whenever they were going through all their suffering. Amen. Uh, did you want to do some trivia? If you want to. Yeah. If you want to lose, that's fine, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> the old trivia. I love that in stereo, man. Yeah, you know, we we weren't getting our our full uh, our stereo effect, effects, you yeah. know, uh, beforehand. Right. But now we got a little pan going on. Yeah, you know, warm wood in both ears. <laughs> you know, I did some uh, Theo trivia, actually, just educational trivia, Bible oh, yeah? trivia today with kids. We do this thing called Kahoot online. <clears throat> it's this web thing where you can it has trivia and stuff, and so they wanted to see if they could beat me in. Bible knowledge. <laughs> How'd it go? <laughs> I ended up 2,000 points ahead of him. Oh, well, that's good for the teacher. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be good if it, no, that's right. <laughs> teaching at a Christian school and they're Back whipping you. Okay, all guys, I'm out. <laughs> well, right. we finished our game, so we get to oh, start right. all over again. All over again. <clears throat> then, so let's start with Old Testament for 100. Here we go. How... Did Aiken die? Wicked, wicked. I'm trying to remember, but I believe he and his whole family was stoned. Yep. Yes. Stoned to death. Uh, that was the. It was a stoning. That was because he stole from Jericho. Yeah, that's right. So or he, he looted stoned. Jericho when he was. And then told he lied about to. it. That's he, right. He lied about it too. Yeah. yeah. And that that's a bummer for your family. That's right. They all get stoned because he gives them. Well, it's also a bummer for the guys who went to war that yeah. <laughs> that died because of it. Right. But anyway, all right. <clears throat> right. Old Testament. All right, bring it on. Name two men. Who were miraculously born of two different previously barren women. Okay. I mean, there's more than just two, so I hope you're not going right off that card. So I could say Abraham <laughs> had Isaac or... And I could say that Rachel had, uh, um, 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 what's her, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, uh, Joseph, right? 
Yeah. That's actually. I could also say. Uh, that wasn't the uh, Isaac was on here. Okay. But uh, Ishmael also. But but that would be a correct. That was a, still a correct answer. Yeah. Well, Ishmael wasn't. Ishmael was Hagar. Oh, Hagar's duh. But uh, oh my goodness. the other one on the card is Samuel. Oh, yeah. Samuel. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or was it, that Hannah? Hannah, that's right. And she pledged pledged him to the church. Yep. So, awesome. Okay. Well, what history and geography. All right. For all right. 200, Pat. <laughs> all right. Here we go. I don't know what Pat sounds like. I'm sorry. Pat Sajak? Yeah, I don't... You never watched Jeopardy? No. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Isn't that... Wait, Jeopardy's Alex Trebek. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Pat Sajak is the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'll just now be I need an anonymous I'll caller to call in and <laughs> oh, <yeah>. tell me... <laughs> and hit Meredith. Okay. <laughs> History and geography. Here we go. Okay. According to church tradition, which apostle was crucified... With his head downwards at his own request. That's so easy. That ain't in the Bible. <laughs> That's why it's history. Church tradition, right? Mm. Biscuits and mustard. That would be... Mm. I read the Bible some. <laughs> I didn't understand it all. I don't reckon that story was in it. <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop it? I mean, you're just cracking me up for that. Oh, my goodness. That story wasn't in there. <laughs> you ought not have done that to you, boy. I reckon it doesn't have that gas in it. That would have been Peter. Yes, that was Peter. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, history and geography. Yeah. You're going to give me some crazy one. I'm just grabbing the first one here on the top. Of course. What two lands? Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, the last one. What two men? Yeah. Okay. What two lands in the Bible are described as flowing with milk and honey? Two lands? Yeah, that's the trick. Canaan. Yes. What else would there be? <laughs> Exodus 3, verse 8. <clears throat> <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Can you get half an answer? <laughs> What is it? What's the other it is one? Egypt. Oh, bull's butter. Until they started worshiping the scarab, everything was good. I remember. I was. I should have said Egypt. Uh, that's my fault. All right. Well, I'll take the lead. All right. Bring it on. Uh, I'm not going to complain about that. All right. Talk about Theo, uh, Theo Anonymous. Oh, yes. Theo Anonymous. Prayer.theonautspodcast.com. Be there. Confess your faults. Pray for one for another. We are doing this thing where if we have Theo prayer warriors that we're sending these newsletters out to every Thursday. That's right. And any time of the week, you show up on the site. You can pray for one another. You can tell people, I prayed for you. You can do all this anonymously so it doesn't have to embarrass you. 
You can even post praise reports whenever you yes. have a prayer answered. If you give us a valid email address, you will receive an email with a link to it in it where you can actually go and update that That's prayer right. and, and say it, it was answered, and here's the praise for it. It's awesome. All right. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, to partner with us, with us visit gctnetwork.com. There are several ways to contact <laughs> us and elite us feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. <laughs> Call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio when it's not down, or your favorite podcast <laughs> catcher. Don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts, and don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. Thank you, David. (laughs) Thank you, Jeremiah. (laughs) See you in the stars. This has been Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 875725 725-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission Transmission. At GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission.